With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, my awesome project managers. I hope you're doing well. Today, we're going to take a listen to the Project Management Audio Digest. This is 20 plus hours of audio that I've put together for project managers getting ready for the exam. If you want the full 20 hours, I would recommend going down to praiseon.com, P-R-A-I-Z-I-O-N.com, and look for the Project Management Audio Digest. We've got it going at a steal, but I hope you enjoyed this chapter, Communications Management. You know the project manager spends 70 to 90% of their time communicating, so this is an area you definitely want to pay attention to. Let's jump into the lesson. Welcome to the Project Management Audio Digest, a series of project management audio teachings and instruction by project management author, trainer, and coach, Phil C. Akinwali. No part of this publication may be reproduced, transmitted, transcribed, stored in a retrieval system in any form or by any means without the written permission of Prasian Media, LLC. And now, let's join Phil in the classroom to learn about Chapter 10 in the Pinball Guide, which is about Project Communications Management. Depending on the size of your project, you might have a very intricate communications management plan, or it might be something very small. But it is definitely something as a project manager that you should consider. What is the appropriate approach for project communication activities? Who are your stakeholders? What information do they need? How do they need to be communicated with? What is the frequency? What is the format? What type of media? There are all different types of communication possibilities. And so your communication management plan is what really facilitates you in making the right decisions and then communicating to the rest of your team and stakeholders what they can expect in terms of communications. John C. Maxwell, a mentor of mine, has a book titled Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. How true. It's one thing to speak, but it's another thing to connect with your audience. In this section of communications, we focus on communicating with an intent to connect, to convince, to motivate, to engage, to inspire, to do great things, to end up on the other end of our project with a final deliverable that is fit for use and conforms to requirements. 
That is what communications is all about. When we describe communications, we may use descriptive terms such as internal communication, that's internal to the project or the firm, external communication, external to the project, external to the firm. We could also use the descriptor of external stakeholders. These are people outside of the organization or outside of the project. We also use terms such as formal communication or informal. We may use double descriptors such as formal written or formal verbal or informal written or informal verbal. So what does this mean? Formal communications when it comes to verbal could be press conferences. Informal verbal could be speaking to a colleague talking in a meeting. Informal written could be email, memos, social media, and things such as that. When we talk about the direction of communication or the hierarchy of communication, we could use descriptors such as upward, downward, or horizontal. Upward means up to senior management. Downward means down to subordinates and horizontal means across peers. We could also use the term official communication, which could refer to annual reports and reports to government bodies and regulators. We could use the term unofficial. And when we use the term unofficial, this refers to communications within the project, exchange between stakeholders, team members, to gain trust and build relationships. This is typically informal. And we also have written and oral. Communications are a very important part of project management. It is often said that the project manager spends up to 90% of his or her time communicating. So if you're communicating, we must make sure we do it well. And part of making sure we do it well is ensuring that we minimize misunderstandings. To minimize misunderstandings, we can follow the five C's of written communication. And these are talked about in the PMBOK guide and the five C's are correct grammar, concise expressions, clear purpose and expression, coherent logical flow of ideas, and controlling flow of words and ideas. When we talk about correct grammar and spelling, we're talking about using the right language. And we're talking about it being free from distortions. We do not want the grammar to give a distortion of the message. When we talk about it being concise and the elimination of excess words, that speaks for itself as short and sweet as possible. When we talk about being clear, having a clear purpose and expression directed to the needs of the reader, we need to think about what the reader is really looking to gain. Factor the audience in. Coherent, logical flow of ideas could be using markers such as an introduction and summaries of the ideas. Controlling the flow of words and ideas involves using graphics or 
perhaps just summaries. And those are the five C's of written communication. Now, the five C's of written communication are also supported by communication skills, such as active listening, awareness of cultural and personal differences, identifying, setting, and managing stakeholder expectations, and enhancement of skills. The PMI refer to the enhancement of skills to be things such as persuasion, persuading people, teams, organizations to carry out a certain action, motivating people, providing encouragement, coaching people, negotiating to achieve an acceptable agreement, and resolving conflict to prevent disruptive impacts. The PMI say the fundamental attributes of effective communication activities and developing effective communication artifacts are clarity of the purpose of the communication, understanding as much as possible, and monitoring and measuring the effectiveness of the communications. So all that is background information as we begin to get closer to the first process of communications management. And the first process is planned communications management. This is a very straightforward process. It's all about developing a plan for what to communicate, how to communicate, why are we communicating this, and when. You can think about it as the five W's of sorts. So in plan communications management, our main goal is to develop a plan of action for how to effectively communicate with stakeholders so that they will be engaged and they will receive the information they need in a timely manner. This process could be performed at various points throughout the project. It is not a one-time deal. Communication requirements could evolve through the project. And for that reason, the project manager should be ready to adapt to the needs of the stakeholder where communications are concerned. One of the hallmarks of a great communications management plan is one that considers all of the stakeholders, at least the key stakeholders, and their competing communication demands. Communications management should be performed early in the project during stakeholder identification. And at this point, as we are identifying stakeholders, we could at the same time begin to identify the stakeholders' communication needs. Asking a simple question, how will you prefer communications to be sent, could clear up a lot of confusion. It could also give the project manager the opportunity to communicate in the most effective way to certain stakeholders. Every stakeholder has their unique communication wants and needs. And while all projects share the need to communicate project information, the way the communication is dispersed could vary widely. Also, the way communications are stored and retrieved could vary widely across projects and across stakeholders. So the first process, planned communications management, like I said, is aimed at a major output. 
and that major output is the communications management plan. However, as you are putting the communications management plan together, bear in mind that the stakeholder engagement plan could change because the stakeholder engagement plan is a plan for how to engage stakeholders. How do you engage stakeholders? Through communications actions. So the communications management plan and the stakeholder engagement plan are very closely related. Let's look at the inputs to this process. The first input is the project charter. The project charter contains the key stakeholder list and that could contain information about roles and responsibilities of stakeholders as well. The next input is the project management plan and like I said, we've got the stakeholder engagement plan here. The stakeholder engagement plan gives us an idea about how to effectively engage stakeholders. These stakeholder engagement strategies are often linked to communications. We also have the resource management plan and this gives guidance on how team members and team resources will be allocated and managed. And this is very closely related to communications because they could be associated communications requirements. The next input is project documents. Parts of these could be requirements documentation specific to communications and the stakeholder register. The stakeholder register can be used to plan communications activities with stakeholders. The next two we know very well, enterprise environmental factors, which could include organizational culture and structure. You're probably used to that one by now. Any policies regarding personnel administration, stakeholder risk thresholds, all of these in some way boil into communications. And we have organizational process assets, policies and procedures for communication, social media, and stuff like that. Also, any lessons learned in the lessons learned repository could be used in this process. Whenever you hear EEFs and OPAs again, check it out in the PMBOK guide, make sure you know what exactly they're talking about. Let's move on to our tools and techniques. The first one needs no introduction, expert judgment. This is common sense. If you are communicating, of course, you should have expert judgment regarding the background of the project, the people that you're communicating with, the industry, the type of the project deliverables, any organizational policies and procedures. You should be aware of that. And if you're not, you know where to get expert judgment from people who know about this stuff. The next tool and technique is called communication requirements analysis. This is an end-to-end -end analysis of communication needs on the project. Now, back in a previous edition of the PMBOK guide, there was a formula to calculate the number of communication channels, and it was n times n minus one divided by two. Now, I'm not sure if you're gonna get this on the exam, but I would advise that you look into it, okay? So sources of information are used to define communication requirements. And the PMI mentioned some of these on page 317, the PMBOK guide. They talk about the number of potential communication channels or paths. And that's why I would recommend taking a look at that formula, n times n minus 1 divided by 2, and know how to solve problems around it. 
just in case it rears its head on the exam. Other things to consider in communications requirements analysis are the development approach. That could affect communications, any legal requirements, logistics, external information needs, internal information needs, so on and so forth. The next tool and technique is communication technology. Now, when you think about communication technology, you should be thinking about factors that can influence the type of technology used on the project. And the PMI talk about these five big buckets of influences, things that can affect our choice for communication technology. Our choice to use email and not video conferencing, or our choice to use text messaging instead of something else. The first influence here is urgency. The urgency of the need for information could dictate your choice of technology. Secondly, the availability and reliability of technology. Perhaps the technology isn't reliable, then don't use it. Maybe it's not available, don't use it. If it is, do use it. Ease of use. If technology is easy for team members to use and you don't need a PhD to use it, then go ahead and use it. The project environment. The nature of the environment. Is it face-to-face? -face? Is it virtual? What is it? That could dictate the technology that you choose. And last but not least, we've got sensitivity and confidentiality of the information. The more confidential a project is, the more careful you want to be in choosing certain technologies. The next tool and technique is communication models. There are two communication models described in section 10.1.2.4. The first is known as the basic sender-receiver model. In the basic sender-receiver communication model, we have two entities, the sender and the receiver. This model focuses on ensuring that the message is delivered, as opposed to ensuring that it's understood in addition. So the different components here are encode, transmit, and decode. So the sender encodes the message. The sender converts an idea into symbols, text, sound, or some other medium. And then that message gets transmitted through a communication channel. That message could be compromised by various factors. And we typically refer to this as noise. Noise is anything that can hinder the communication of the sender to the receiver through the medium. Examples of noise could be insults, noise itself, language, culture, and so on. The final piece of this is decode. Decoding means the receiver has translated the message back into a form useful to the receiver. The next communication model type is known as interactive communication model. The difference here is that there is an acknowledgement of the message being received and feedback to ensure that the message aligns with the receiver's perception of the message. 
You can take a look at the PMBOK guide and see an example of this. Both the basic and the interactive models are shown in figure 10-4. When we deal with cross-cultural communications, there could be a challenge here. The meaning of the message may be misunderstood. Also, different communication styles could arise from differences in work methods, differences in age, differences in background, nationality, professional discipline, ethnicity, race, and so on. As a communicator, it is the job of the project manager to break down these barriers and ensure that the communication goes to the receiver as effortlessly as possible. Also, bear in mind that the current emotional state of the sender and the receiver will influence how the communication is sent across and how it is perceived by both the sender and the receiver. The next tool and technique here is communication methods. There are three main communication methods, interactive, push and pull. I often say to people, remember, my name is Phil. They call Phillips Pip for short. So just remember me, PIP, push interactive pull or pull interactive push. Interactive communication is between two or more parties involved in a multi-directional exchange of information in real time. We use this in meetings, phone calls, instant messaging, social media, video conferencing. Push communication is pushing the information out to those who need it, but not necessarily getting confirmation that that information has been received. Examples of push communication could be blogs, press releases, reports, email, of course, is notorious for being pushed faxes, voicemails, and so on. The final one is poll communication. Poll communication is useful when we are dealing with large audiences. Always remember that for your exam. Large audience communication, think about poll. In poll communication, the recipients need to take responsibility for getting the information they need when they need it. So in poll communication, we could put the information out on a web portal, for example, or an internet site. Even physically, we could put a bunch of newsletters outside a building and ask people to get the information they need when they need it. In that way, they take responsibility for accessing the information. Again, very useful for large, complex information sets or for large audiences. Now, there are a few more descriptive terms that describe the different approaches that can be applied to meet the needs of major communications that are in our communications management plan. And these are interpersonal communication. This is exchanged between individuals, typically face-to-face. -face. Small group communication, defined as between three to six people within groups. Public communication a single speaker addressing a group of people, mass communication where there's minimal connection between the person sending out the information 
and those receiving it, and networks and social computing communication. We all know about social media these days. Well, that is also a vehicle for communicating. Possible communications artifacts as we employ the different communication methods could include notice boards, newsletters, letters, press releases, annual reports, emails, web portals, phone, presentations, team briefings or group meetings, focus groups, face-to-face -face formal or informal meetings, daily stand-up meetings, consultation groups or staff forums, and social computing technology and media. Next tool and technique is interpersonal and team skills. The first one under this is communication styles assessment because this is one of those grouped tools and techniques. Under communication styles assessment, we seek to understand the best or optimum communication approach for stakeholders. And we use this especially with our unsupportive or if you will, negative stakeholders. Still under these interpersonal and team skills, we have political awareness. Being politically aware of the power structures in the organization, who wields the whip, who wields power, who is influential in this arena, who is in some way influential even without the position. This could help the project manager and the team better communicate or more effectively communicate. For example, having influence or inroads with a particular stakeholder who wields greater influence could help you pass the message across through that individual in a more powerful way. Cultural awareness is the final one under interpersonal and team skills, and this is being culturally aware of the people around you, the organization, the location in which the project is taking place, and this will minimize misunderstandings. When you are culturally aware, in some instances, certain body language gestures will be avoided. It's all about being culturally aware. The next tool and technique is data representation. We could use the stakeholder engagement assessment matrix to represent data concerning stakeholders, showing where they currently are on a scale of one to five in terms of their engagement one being disengaged, five being highly engaged, and that could help us identify the gaps between where they currently are and where we want them to be. For example, a stakeholder is at one, and we want them to be at four. A stakeholder is at two, we say that is C, current. Two, position, current. Five position desired. What are we going to do to get them from two to five? And that becomes a conversation piece for team members to deduce how to get the stakeholder to the level that is desired on the project. Last but not least, we have meetings, and a lot of what we've discussed is done in meetings. The major output of this process is the communications management plan. It has a plethora of information, but just remember the W's. What, when, why, how, whom are we communicating to? Some of the things the PMI mentioned here are one, and I'm dictating this out of my personal preference, but I want you to pay close attention to 
stakeholder communication requirements, glossary of common terminology is also part of the communications management plan, flow charts showing the information flow on the project is also part of the communications management plan, constraints, resources allocated for communication activities, persons or groups who will receive the information, who is responsible for communicating, who is responsible for authorizing release of confidential information, what is the time frame and the frequency for the distribution of this information that we're seeking to disperse to the stakeholders, what is the escalation process revolving around communications, reasons for distribution and so on are encapsulated in those W's. So always think about the who, what, when, why, how, throw in whom, people we're communicating to, however you see it. But I would highly advise taking a look at page 377 and checking off on all of those. Also in this plan, we could have guidelines and templates for project status meetings, project team meetings, and so on. The next output from this process is project management plan updates. As you go through this process, you might find yourself updating the stakeholder engagement plan. And this is updated to reflect our communication approach. Our next output is project documents updates. And here we could be looking at the project schedule, which could be updated to reflect communication activities and the stakeholder register. The stakeholder register may need to be updated to reflect our planned communication approach for these stakeholders. And that concludes our review of the major ITTOs, but going into what will I get on the exam? On the exam, you could get tested on the communications management plan. Knowing all of those itty bitty pieces that are in the plan is very important. There are some things you typically wouldn't expect to see in a communications management plan, such as flowcharts or workflows with possible sequence of authorization. You could be tested on those things. Glossary of common terminology, you could get tested on that. So you need to know what is in the plan by going through page 377. There are lots of subtleties here throughout this particular process, such as the communications requirement analysis. If you get questions that test you on the number of channels, I wouldn't be surprised, even though the formula isn't in the PMBOK guide anymore. I would also expect questions on communication models, communication methods, interactive push and pull, and all of these tiny little descriptors that you see scattered about this process. Things such as internal communication, external communication, formal communication, informal communication, understanding that contracts should contain formal language, and things such as that. I think those will really help you on your exam. Let's move on to our next process. Manage communications is in the executing process group, and it sounds kind of strange to manage communications. This is where information is distributed. So when you are communicating, you're emailing, you're sending out reports, you're giving presentations, you're having meetings, 
This is where you're doing the communication. That's considered the distribution. We all know, we've been communicating our whole lives, that there's a lot more that goes into that. So of course, it's about the appropriate collection, creating of the communications, writing the email, creating the presentation. Distribution, storage, you might have some certain requirements regarding what needs to be stored for later. Uh, retrieval, management, monitoring, and the ultimate disposition of project information. What do you do at the end of your project? What needs to be archived? Are there secret, uh, sensitive pieces of information? Do those secret, sensitive pieces of information have specific rules that you must follow? If an organization is to work effectively, the communication should be through the most effective channel, regardless of the organization chart. David Packard, founder of HP. Welcome to Manage Communications. Manage Communications is the process where we actually communicate. This is where we send the information to the people who need it. This is where we collect the information and we disperse the information to those stakeholders who have signified interest in the project or requested for one report, one communication medium, or another. Lee Iacocca says, You can have brilliant ideas, but if you can't get them across, your ideas won't get you anywhere. And that is the underlying theory that we keep in mind when we communicate. The most important thing is sending that message across to the receiver who needs it, when they need it, how they need it. So in managed communications, there are a few things we need to be thinking about. We need to be thinking about cultural awareness, political awareness, networking, and many more factors, because you could have a brilliant message, but it has to be crafted and transmitted in the right way for it to connect with the audience and for it to inspire engagement from the stakeholders. While we strive to communicate and pass information across to people who need it, at the same time, we need to strive not to send communication across to people who do not need it. So we're talking about the timely and appropriate disbursement of information, the timely and appropriate creation of the information, storage of the information, retrieval of the information, management of the information, and the ultimate disposition of project information. What do we gain from this process? We gain stakeholder satisfaction, stakeholder engagement, and stakeholder assurance that indeed their interests are being well managed. That's what you get from an impeccable communication flow between the project team and stakeholders. Managed communication seeks to identify all aspects of effective communication, how to execute the plan in such a way that the choice of technologies, the methods, the techniques, all align 
with stakeholder expectations. In addition, we need to make sure that we are flexible in this process. We should allow for changing needs of stakeholders to evolve. Sometimes the techniques that we try to use don't work. Instead of plowing down the street of fruitlessness, it will make more sense to change and use a different communication method or technique. So manage communications is twofold. One, the distribution of the information. Communicating in such a way that people get what they need when they need it. But secondly, the project manager should also ensure that the information being sent out has been effective, has been crafted the right way and hit the mark. This process provides stakeholders the ability to make requests, change requests for embellishments, clarification and discussion to fully understand the information that is being shared. For the project manager to do well on this process, he or she should think about the appropriate sender-receiver model to use. Also, incorporating that feedback loop we discussed into the model, making sure that it's not just sending out information, but it's also confirming receipt and understanding of the information. The choice of media should also be considered. Use a choice of media that suits the specific project and the audience. The writing style and meeting management, presentations, facilitation, and active listening. These are all simple concepts, but when used could be very powerful in managed communications. So let's talk about our inputs to this process to gain some clarity. The first one is the project management plan. And the major reason, of course, is because it contains a plan for how to communicate, when to communicate, what to communicate. And that's known as the communications management plan. In addition to that, we also have the resource management plan in here. And the resource management plan describes the communications that are needed for the management of the team or physical resources. The next one is the stakeholder engagement plan. And the stakeholder engagement plan describes how stakeholders will be engaged on the project. This is an important input because we are dealing with those same stakeholders as we communicate here. In fact, manage communications and manage stakeholder engagement are tightly related. The next input is project documents, the change log, issue log, lessons learned register, quality report, risk report, and stakeholder register. Think about it. Why do we need these as inputs? To communicate them. We need the change log to communicate what's in the change log. We need the issue log to communicate what's in the issue log. We need the lessons learned register, quality report, risk report, and stakeholder register. We need them as inputs here because either the information within them needs to be communicated or in the case of the stakeholder register, we identify those people or organizations that need this type of information. 
going beyond project documents, the next thing here is work performance reports. It's a rare process where we find WPR going in. Work performance reports goes in to this process, manage communications in a bid to share the information at the right time and with the right stakeholders. It says work performance reports are circulated to the project stakeholders through this process as defined in the communications management plan. Examples of work performance reports include status reports and progress reports. And it continues. But I hope you get the idea for now. Make sure you understand that work performance reports come from the monitor and control project work process and we see that as an input here to manage communications. The next input is enterprise environmental factors and some of these factors could include organizational culture, stakeholder risk thresholds, global, regional or local trends and practice or habits, and geographic distribution of facilities and resources. Remember, what we're doing is communicating with stakeholders. So the environment could affect how communication proceeds. Our next input is organizational process assets, and this refers to any standard operating procedures for communications, corporate policies regarding communications, regarding data management, and any guidelines regarding how communications are stored in the organization. Let's talk about the tools and techniques. The first one is called communication technology, and we have explored this already in the plan communications management process. Remember, there are certain factors to consider when choosing communication technology for a project. The next tool and technique is communication methods. The three broad methods discussed here were interactive, push and pull, or remember PIP. The next tool and technique is communication skills. Some of the communication skills here are communication competence, feedback, nonverbal, referring to nonverbal communication through body language, gestures, tone of voice, and facial expression. Remember, Professor Emeritus Albert Moravian conducted the experiment at UCLA where it was deduced that only 7% of communication in a face-to-face -face communication setting is words. 55% was found to be conveyed by the body language and 38% by the tone of voice. And that goes a long way to show you that nonverbal communication is very important. Mirroring and eye contact are very important techniques that those who communicate effectively are aware of. Also mentioned here are presentations. And presentations, in order to be effective, need to be clear, concise, effective, straight to the point, and not full of clutter. Presentations will be successful when the content and delivery take the following into account, say the PMI, the audience, 
their expectation and needs, and also the needs and objectives of the project and project team. Let's move on to our next tool and technique. It's PMIS, Project Management Information System. The Project Management Information System is also known to be what? A, OPA, B, EEF. Choose one. Do you remember? If you chose EEF, you are correct. Project Management Information System is referenced as an enterprise environmental factor. The lack of the system or possessing such a system could help and affect the project management on any project. Under project management information system here we have electronic project management tools, electronic communications management, and social media management. Let's read a little bit in the PMBOK guide page 385. Under electronic project management tools Reference is made to project management software, meeting, and virtual office support software. And then it goes on to other things, as well as collaborative work management tools. Next, under electronic communications management, we have email, fax, and voicemail, web conferencing, things you are already familiar with, but it is worth knowing where they are bucketized is project management information system. And lastly, we've got social media management, websites, web publishing, blogs, and social media in general. The next tool and technique here is project reporting. Project reporting is collecting, distributing, and making available project information to stakeholders when they need it. As we report on the project, be it in a manual report or even in a meeting, it's important to tailor the focus, the format, the level of detail, and the overall look and feel of the report to what stakeholders can absorb. Realize that this process of managed communications is closely linked with the generation of the work performance reports. So while the process called monitor and control project work generates the report, this process, Manage Communications, shares the report with stakeholders. The next tool and technique is interpersonal and team skills. Team skills such as active listening, conflict management, cultural awareness, meeting management, networking, and political awareness could be used to effectively communicate with stakeholders. Our next tool and technique is one we know very well, meetings. Meetings support the actions defined in the communications management plan. It is important for project managers to have an agenda for these meetings and share the agenda in advance. Let's talk about the outputs of managed communications. The first output is project communications, and this refers to any communications artifacts generated as a result of this process. Performance reports, deliverable status, schedule progress, cost incurred, presentations, and other information required by stakeholders. The ultimate disposition of these project communications depends on the policies in the firm. 
The next output is Project Management Plan Updates. Of course, we're in the Communications Knowledge Area, so the Communications Management Plan may need to be updated as a result of this process. And closely related to the Communications Management Plan is the Stakeholder Engagement Plan. Our next output is Project Documents Updates. The project documents mentioned here are the Issue Log, the Lessons Learned Register, Project Schedule, Risk Register, and Stakeholder Register. As these are communicated to stakeholders, there could be updates to these documents as well as an output of Managed Communications. The final output of this process is Organizational Process Assets Updates. And the assets that could be updated here could include project records such as the correspondence, memos, and meeting minutes generated from this process. Also, any planned and ad hoc project reports and presentations will also fall into this bucket. And that concludes our review of the inputs, tools, techniques, and outputs of this process. Let's talk about what to expect on the exam. The philosophy of manage communications is important for the exam. Understanding that this is where the communications are shared, this is where the communications are distributed is very important. Understanding that this is where the practicality of communication methods comes in to either communicate in an interactive fashion or using push or pull communication. So really knowing the essence of this process will come in handy on the exam. The various tools and techniques used, such as communication technology, interpersonal skills, and things such as that, will also help you on the exam. Take a look at the project documents going in and try to understand why those documents are going in. The purpose is communications. So the more of those documents you're familiar with and the rationale behind the inclusion, the better it will be. Also, the close linkage between the communications management plan and the stakeholder engagement plan and understanding the differences between both and how they complement each other could help you on the exam. I would also suggest that you study the communication skills mentioned to be able to identify them in a lineup, to be able to distinguish between communication competence versus presentations versus feedback and other associated terms. Don't lose sight of the fact that the first output mentioned is project communications. Know what those communications are and be able to distinguish between the first output and the last output, Organizational Process Assets Updates. In closing, also make a distinction between managed communications where we communicate versus managed stakeholder engagement where we also communicate but with a different purpose in mind. Let's explore this further. Managed communications seeks to share information in order to satisfy those communications requirements. On the flip side, manage stakeholder engagement 
seeks to effectively engage stakeholders through effective communications. Effective communications is a major way that stakeholders are engaged. It is stated on page 379. The managed communications process identifies all aspects of effective communication, including choice of appropriate technologies, methods, and techniques. Now, if we turn the page to 523, where we have managed stakeholder engagement, it reads, managed stakeholder engagement is the process of communicating and working with stakeholders to meet their needs and expectations, address issues, and foster appropriate stakeholder involvement. So you can see very clearly that communications is at the center of the managed stakeholder engagement process as well. But you need to understand the purpose of both. One is communicating to fulfill those communication needs and obligations. The second is communicating with an intent to engage those stakeholders, to involve those stakeholders. Very important for your exam. Let's move on to our next process. Communication can be very difficult sometimes, especially when clear instructions are not given. A young executive is leaving the office late one night when he finds the CEO standing in front of a shredder with a piece of paper in his hand. Listen, says the CEO, this is very sensitive and important information here, and my secretary has gone for the night. Can you make this thing work for me? Sure, the young executive says. He turns the machine on, inserts the paper, and presses the start button. Excellent, excellent, says the CEO as his paper disappears inside the machine. I just need one copy. Monitor communications is in the monitoring and controlling process group. And this is where you're ensuring the information needs of the project and the stakeholders are being met. So in your project, if you realize there are some key stakeholders that aren't aware of a piece of your project, this process is where you analyze, why did that happen? What should I do? And then ultimately, including them in to those communications, if that's the right choice after you've monitored your communications is what you do. So this process is making, is about making things better. The monitoring and controlling process group in general is an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to assess. It's an opportunity to remeasure. George Bernard Shaw said, The only person who behaves sensibly is my tailor. 
He takes new measurements every time he sees me. All the rest go on with their old measurements. Isn't that true? About controlling, controlling process group processes. People forget that they need to measure, analyze, do a variance analysis, check the actual versus plan, get to the bottom of what is going on. This is an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to discover. Monitor communications is where we ensure that the communications hit the mark, that it got to the people that needed it and that the needs of the stakeholder were met. Monitoring stakeholder communications will help us understand if the planned communications and all of those artifacts of communications, all of those communications activities really indeed had the desired result or if we missed a mark. So as good project managers, we cannot assume that the best happened. We need to have actuals. We need to have reality. And this is where we check that reality. The impact, the consequences of our communications needs to be carefully evaluated and monitored to ensure that the right message with the right content was delivered to the right audience. It's all about checking. It's all about remeasuring and reanalyzing. Now, in this process, we have our usual suspects. In fact, if you really boil it down, I guarantee you all of the inputs, tools, techniques, and outputs have already been discussed in some other form. So to get good on this process, you need to realize those things that make it different in terms of the application of these ITTOs. We see processes like this a few times where everything is boilerplate, but the application and the philosophy of the process is different. Claude Bernard said, it is what we think we know already that often prevents us from learning. So again, this is an opportunity to learn. This is where the lessons learned register is going to be used as an input and an output subliminally inside project documents and project documents updates. So we want to learn what did we do last time that can help us this time and we also want to document what did we do now that we should do in the future as far as communications is concerned and what have we done that did not work you see that is the mindset that you need to be in pmi say on page 389 of the pembok guide monitor communications may require a variety of methods such as customer satisfaction surveys collecting lessons learned observations of the team reviewing data from the issue log or evaluating changes in the stakeholder engagement assessment matrix so folks like i said this is where we're going to remeasure this is where we're going to collect surveys this is where we're going to check the temperature of the stakeholder you're going to be a doctor here you better don on that lab coat get your thermometer in hand and let's get ready to take some measurements
Remember, we want to do it right. We want to do it good. So the first input here is our project management plan because it contains plans to do with humans. You communicate with humans, right? You communicate and these humans are known as your stakeholders. So here we have the resource management plan. The resource management plan can help us understand the project organization and any changes, as well as roles and responsibilities and the org chart. Hey, the org chart, which direction should communication be flowing in the org chart? At what time? Questions such as that. Also, we have the communications management plan, which contains our plan for how we're going to collect, create and distribute information in a timely fashion. And if that plan ain't working, we need to fix it, right? That's why the communications management plan is an input here. The stakeholder engagement plan is a plan for how to engage stakeholders using communication strategies. So, hey, there is a big interrelationship between communications and stakeholders if you haven't already discovered. Now, let's talk about our project documents. We could have issues, engagement issues that have now been resolved. That information, that history, it's here in the issue log or should be in the issue log. The lessons learned register, I mentioned this, previous phases Earlier in the project, we could have documented certain strategies to help us improve on communications. Why reinvent the wheel? If it exists, reuse it. Project communications could provide us information about communications that have been distributed, and this could help us understand if there are issues and how to optimize our communication flow on the next go-round. The next input is work performance data. We've seen this before. Remember, I told you there's nothing new under the sun in this one, but it's the application of the information, inputs, tools, techniques, and outputs that's different. So here, WPD contains data regarding the types and quantities of communication that have actually been distributed. This is the information that we want to carry out an analysis on so we can obtain better understandings of the project through our WPI that's going to come out on the back end. Our usual two suspects, EEFs and OPAs. Need we say more? You can bank on the fact you're going to have organizational culture, usually political climate shows up, and under OPAs, you know that mention is going to be made about historical information or the lessons learned repository or SOPs, standard operating procedures, corporate policies, and other things. Let's talk about our tools and techniques. Tools and techniques here, expert judgment, makes sense. Expertise about how best to communicate with these individuals. Whether you're communicating with a stakeholder in the firm or the public or the community or the media, hey, you need to have expert judgment. You need people who have been there, done that, that can help you, that can prepare you for all manner of communications, depending on what is happening. And these individuals can offer you their two cents of how to improve on previous communications that did not deliver. Maybe you met with the press, there were blunders. Expert judgment can help correct that. And that's why you need people around you that have been there, done that. The next tool and technique, PMIS, Project Management Information System. It's a no-brainer. 
We've got lots of information in the project management information system and those that relate to communications, those that may be used to capture, store, and distribute information to our stakeholders. The next tool and technique is data representation. The way we represent data regarding stakeholder engagement can be used here to understand the effectiveness of our communications. Good communications will probably lead to a bit more engagement, don't you think? So this is where we can review any changes between a stakeholder's desired levels of engagement versus their current levels of engagement, and we can tweak communications as necessary so that these folks can be as engaged as we need them to be. The next tool and technique is interpersonal and team skills. Think about it. You're communicating. Of course, you're going to need interpersonal and team skills. Anything revolving around communications necessitate the application of these skills. So we're talking about observation and conversation, observing the team, conversing with the team, observing stakeholders, conversing with stakeholders, discussions, dialogue. This helps determine the most appropriate way to communicate with project stakeholders and the most appropriate way to respond to requests for information. Observation and conversation helps the PM also identify any issues with the project team. Helps the project manager understand if there are conflicts between people and any other individual performance issues. So when you see interpersonal and team skills and observation and conversation, bear in mind that we have various stakeholders on the project. Not everyone is a senior stakeholder. You could have those stakeholders that are project team members. The last tool and technique here is a no-brainer. It's meetings. Of course we have these meetings. Don't you? How on earth could we make traction regarding all of this data coming in and the data being analyzed? Of course, to represent data, to check existing representations, you're going to need meetings. Let's talk about our outputs from this thing. First one, WPI, Work Performance Information. I've already told you about this. So you had WPD going in. Now we've got WPI coming out. Now part of the WPI here includes how project information is performing according to what we originally planned. Whenever you see WPI just get into your head, ding, 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 we're going to have a kind, a type, of analysis of actual versus planned all the time, all day, every day, every knowledge area. What did we say it would be? What is it now? What did we say it would be? How do we know it is what it is? By checking your data and analyzing. The next output here is change requests. So any changes as a result of needing to revise our plans, our documents, communications-related information, communications requirements, stakeholder-related information, all that stuff. And maybe we just need to reinvent the wheel, the wheel that didn't work, right? New procedures to eliminate bottlenecks. Next output here is project management plan updates. As I said previously, new procedures to eliminate bottlenecks. 
These could be in our communications management plan and also in our stakeholder engagement plan. So both of those could be considered as possible updates. Of course, communications is front and center, so we've got the communications management plan here. Next output is the project documents updates output. Here we could have all manner of project documents, but the PMI relegates it to the issue log. We may need to update the issues with new issues raised, their progress, resolution, existing issues, all that stuff. And we have the lessons learned register, which we may update with causes of issues, the reasoning behind issues, and just all-round valuable information to help people not make the same mistakes we did. The reason why we are collecting this stuff is to understand. John W. Gardner said, one of the reasons people stop learning is that they become less and less willing to risk failure. So we try something, it didn't work, we need to put it in the lessons learned register. But that doesn't mean that we're going to stop trying, right? Next thing here is the stakeholder register. The stakeholder register may be updated with revised stakeholder communication requirements. See, I told you, I told you that this stuff is all similar to what we talked about before. Not one single new ITTO. Everything is what we've seen before, but it's the application of it. It's the mindset behind the process, folks, that is startlingly different. Did I say that right? Startlingly different. Anyway, that concludes our review of monitor communication. So what do I expect on the exam? Just like I said, I expect them to put you into a scenario and ask you questions that really kick the tires and make sure you know what you're doing. You're monitoring communications, not monitoring stakeholder engagement. What are the differences? You're monitoring communications, not managing communications, and not managing stakeholder engagement. You see, it's like a square. Those four seem to throw people off. But the more you listen to this stuff, the more you're going to get it. Monitoring is checking and correcting. Managing is doing. Manage communications, communicating. Monitor communications, checking to see if it works and making modifications if it isn't. Manage stakeholder engagement is engaging your stakeholders through effective communications. Monitor stakeholder engagement is changing the plan if it needs to change. Alrighty, well, we're almost done almost done with the PMBOK guide. Well, maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead. We've still got um, risk, procurement, stakeholder. Three knowledge. Hey, that's big. So I think I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. We are not almost done. We've got seven in risk, three in procurements. That's 10. And four in stakeholder. If you're going by knowledge, my goodness, we've got 14 left. That's still quite a lot. All right, let's get moving. See you in the next one.
project communications management scenario. Communicating changes to the stakeholders and managing change using communication methods. Objective: Show how the project manager should manage communications. The avionics modernization project for the SD16 airframe is moving along. Mary has had Jake's proof of concept for the FMS tested and has selected the best look and components to meet the scope of work in the project requirements. When Salvador requests another change, this time in writing, and one that will likely have a greater impact on the project than the color of the pilot's seats, she is hurrying down the corridor, bringing the change order to CCB when she runs into Jake in the hallway. Hey, Mary, what's the rush? I've got to tell you, Jake. When you are right, you're right. Huh? What are you talking about, Mary? This change order request I got from Sal. Now he wants the FMS to interface with the pilot's NVD helmet. He must have seen Novo working on something similar. I told you. Yes, you did. But I told you it was gold plating then, not in the specs, and so it wasn't part of the scope. But now I have to get this change order approved by CCB and run it through personally if we are going to give Sal what he wants. Keep up with Novo and stay anywhere close to our deliverable schedule. A few days later. So how'd it go with the CCB? Great, thanks to the detailed analytics I submitted along with the change request and my recommendations, they were able to see how we could implement without putting us too far behind schedule. And since you already laid a lot of the groundwork on that system, and we aren't starting from scratch, the board is thrilled that we can request an increase in our allocation from Sal without a significant increase in our timeline. So they approved the change. Slam dunk, Mary. I guess timing is everything. Project communications management scenario. Sally, your customer, formally requests a change to the project after the project management plan has been approved. You have performed an analysis and have certain recommendations on how to handle this change. As the project manager, what should you do next? An analysis and review of the change request by the CCB is needed. The project manager should not approve or reject a change request in isolation. The sequence of events for change requests should be as follows. One, obtain a change request in formal writing. Two, analyze the potential impact of the change. Three, submit the change request in your analysis with recommendations to the change control board. Four, the change control board approves or rejects the request. The CCB may request additional information, and there could be iterations of some steps. Five, the change control board decision is documented. Six. If the change request is rejected, the reasons for rejection should be documented and communicated to the stakeholders. This may generate additional change requests. Seven. If the change request is approved by the CCB, the change request is implemented in the deliverable or in an aspect of the project. Eight. The change request is validated and confirmed to be complete. And nine. If the change is not validated as complete, rework is performed until the change is confirmed as being successfully implemented. Summary: As most knowledge areas start with a planning process, communications should also be planned. First, identify who you need to communicate with. Plan what you need to communicate, who, with, and when. Distribute the information to your stakeholders. On getting this information, stakeholders may have needs and expectations. 
Stakeholder expectations need to be managed effectively to deliver all expected deliverables at the required quality level and reduce any apprehension resulting from concerns about project status or deliverable characteristics. It is the project manager's responsibility to manage stakeholder expectations and interests. Project performance reports are needed by stakeholders to effectively gauge project progress. Exam tip. On the exam, there will likely be many situational questions testing you on the application of soft skills and communication, sender-receiver models, paraphrasing, feedback, meetings, agendas, and conflict resolution techniques. Other aspects involving leadership and soft skills will also come into play. Be sure to understand the difference between reporting on performance and merely distributing information. Also know that face-to-face communication is the most effective mode of communication and should be chosen whenever applicable and possible. Expect roughly 15% of the exam to revolve around communications management. Expect at least another 15% of the exam to revolve around resource management. Understand these areas and be able to answer situational questions that test your knowledge of communicating and managing stakeholder expectations. You have been listening to Project Management Audio Digest by Phil C. Akinwali. Published by Prezion Media. Effective, realistic project management training is crucial for all project managers, PMP certified or not. Prezion Media offers real-world project management training, PMP exam training, CAPM training, leadership training, Microsoft Project and Communications Training in Arizona, California, New York, Washington, D.C., Virginia, London, U.K., Canada, and indeed the world. Get PMP certified or learn the basics of project management. Prazion Media will train you or your team on-site via the Internet, CDs, DVDs, MP3s, or through our books and study guides. Our trainers are real-world project managers with experience in various industries, government, engineering, IT, aerospace, healthcare, and more. Visit www.prazion.com. That's spelled P-R-A-I-Z-I-O-N.com. Or call 480-545-2022 to learn how we can help you build invincible PMP-certified project managers. Stop losing money on failed and unnecessary projects and get your project managers trained to be leaders and trailblazers. Visit www.prazion.com or call now 480-545-2022. Prazion Media, real-world project management training solutions.